Hey there, and welcome to the If She Did It podcast. I'm your host, Becky Fagan, a social media and business growth coach helping aspiring and new entrepreneurs kickstart their business and master Instagram marketing. In these episodes, we'll be talking all things entrepreneurship and social media marketing as a whole. You'll leave every episode energized and ready to bring yourself and your business to the next level. Welcome back to the If She Did It podcast. I am so excited for this week's episode. I am interviewing my girl, Hannah, who has nearly a decade of experience in marketing, branding, and PR. She knows exactly what it takes to build, market, and promote authentic brands and create results. Hannah and I connected back in the fall when she first started her um, online business, and she has really just blown up in the past couple of months, and it's been so amazing to witness. She is a force to be reckoned with. She is just so knowledgeable, has so much amazing insight to share, and I am so excited that I got to interview her finally and have her on the podcast. So I really think y'all are going to enjoy this episode. It's all about, you know, building collaborations and partnerships with brands, and it's just a really cool insight into things that, you know, maybe you wouldn't necessarily think about even implementing. So um, really loved recording this episode with her. It's really awesome. I really, really hope you enjoy it. And I'll chat with y'all at the end of the episode. Welcome to the podcast, Hannah. I'm excited to have you. Me too. Thank you for having me. Of course. Okay. So let's start off with you sharing your story. You're welcome to go as deep as you want to go. Tell us what you do, how you got started, how you got to where you are. Yeah. So, um, long story short, <laughs> I, before I started this business, um, I, in my role, I came from a corporate background. So as director of marketing, so came from that background, um, for many years and led a team, um, managed $4 million in marketing budget. That was my realm and my space. It wasn't until last summer, this was like June of 2019, I actually went to the hospital for, and this was a pivotal moment, right? Because I went to the hospital for stomach related issues. I basically burned myself out to the point of physical exhaustion. And um, so I went into the hospital and came out and I went through this whole journey. And I almost like to say, it was like, I almost was reborn again (laughs) because I went through this whole journey of self-reflection of, of what I wanted to do with my life. You know, could I continue to go down this path of continuous burnout and make someone else richer? Or do I do something for myself and create, you know, a legacy? So I chose the latter of the two. So I started my business and, um, while in my nine to five job, which was incredible. And it really kind of started out more of like as a mentorship program, which I know when we spoke a long time ago, that's where I was at the time. I just wanted to help people at that point. And then it got to the point where it was, it was more people. And then someone referred me to another person and it just kept growing and growing and growing until then when I was hitting the five figure months consistently at my nine to five job, it was okay. I have to rip the bandaid off and I moved into the transition full time. So that is my story, how I got here. I love it. So that moment when you realize like only a few months into starting your business, you hit your first five-figure month and then you realized it was going to keep going. Like what did that feel like for you? It was crazy. And I say this, and I've actually spoken to a few other entrepreneurs like this before, because I feel like every entrepreneur faces this, right? Like they get to the point where, you know, they're making some money, you know, it's kind of sustainable. It's kind of not. And then you get to the point where 
something clicks and then it starts taking off from there. And that's what happened. And for me, it was facing my past demons, right? My past limiting beliefs that were still impacting me and the decisions I was making. And once I faced them, which I like to call my fear and I accepted it and I moved on, I, that was quite literally the point when the five figure months started happening. And then it's been upwards and onwards from there. It's so cool because really when, you know, I, I love connecting with anybody that I come across, like if they follow me or I come across their page and I like love what they're doing or whatever it is. And with that in mind, like I can, I DM a lot of people and we like connected on and off a couple times and I feel like I just blinked. And then next thing I know, you're like all over my feed from like all these people <laughs> and you're like kicking butt. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that's obviously amazing. But I was like, what's going on? Like it just it happened so quickly and it, it was, it, it was honestly, without even me realizing that I was watching it, I did get to watch it and it was just really cool to see. And it's just, it shows what is so possible for anybody that's willing to put in the, the work to do it. Oh no, it's so true. And I actually had a post-it note that I had on my mirror and I kept it there for a long time. And it said like, take the leap, the net will appear. And that is something that I stand strong with because I feel like people get to the point where they're on the edge, whether do I stay, do I go, do I do this? And it's like, you quite literally have to jump and then everything is going to formulate from there. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So let's transition into talking about collaboration. So this is a huge word in 20 in 2020. And I feel like even more so since this pandemic has hit and like everyone is hosting like collaborations and giveaways and all that stuff, which is amazing. So I know that strategic partnerships are part of, part of your thing. So I want to talk about that. Why is it smart to be implementing partnerships, especially right now? Oh, um, you know, strategic partnerships are key right now, especially in the environment in which we're in. And I think as a whole, as service-based um, entrepreneurs, we have to come together as a community, especially during during this time. And the one biggest thing is that you have to get back to your community. You have to serve them as much as you can right now. Um, I have some clients that they're facing, you know, some hardship, and then I have some other clients who are doing very well, and you really have to meet them where they are. Um, so really just be mindful and sensitive of the situation that they're in. So whether it's doing a co-collaboration with another service-based entrepreneur in a different industry. So for example, um, someone in the accounting space, you know, or in, as a CFO who can give some details on the stimulus package that's going on right now um, and be able to bring that into your audience. Um, the other area as well from a strategic partnership perspective is the aligning with different brands. And this is also another good way for entrepreneurs, service entrepreneurs to help other brands out as well, because a lot of brands, especially the brick and mortar ones have had to quite literally adjust their marketing overnight. Um, they've had to close their doors. So they've been really having to restructure their marketing plans. And one of those things is, you know, influencer marketing, partnering with other people to get the word out there of their business. So now is such an important time to build those relationships with those brands now. And that will also help you down the line for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what would be your top three tips for creating the most strategic partnerships? First and foremost, make sure you're partnering with a brand that aligns with your values. I see this time and time again. And after sitting on the other side of the table, that there's some people that will just do it for the monetary reasons and not for the brand itself. Make sure that they align with your values. Um, 
The second thing is don't just partner with brands for the money. I know it can be appealing. I know it's so, it's so hard to turn down money like that sometimes, but if it doesn't serve you or your audience, it's not worth it because at the end of the day, your audience is going to sniff out any, you know, brand deal that doesn't align with your brand quickly. So just keep that in mind. And the last thing is find a brand that is similar to your audience. So find a brand that has an audience that meets your target demographic. And the reason for that is it'll allow you number one, to get access to the audience, but to increase your reach as a whole. Mm -hmm. I love those. And I, I totally agree. I, um, I don't talk about this a lot, but I actually have a contract job for a, um, influencer marketing management agency. Um, it was something that I started working. I started working with them when I was still, you know, growing, obviously I'm always growing my business, but really like in the growing stages last summer. And I love them so much that I haven't stopped. And that's, that's something we've really been, we notice a lot with our really, with our clients is like, we have to really make sure that when we pitch your brand, we're, te we're telling the story we want to tell with them. Because if we don't let them know, like we care about your brand and that kind of thing, it's really hard to get the partnership, even if we do care about them because there are so many people that are in it just for the money or to be able to be like, look at me with my like Lululemon or like whatever the brand is. And they want it to, they want it to look cool and they're not in it, like you're saying for the right reasons. And it kind of unfortunately ruins it for the ones that are mm -hmm. in it for the right reasons. So I love that you pointed that out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for a newbie who wants to have partnerships, but has no idea where to even start when it comes to connecting, do you have any connection tips for them? Yeah. So first and foremost, um, make sure you're building your presence on social media while you're doing this. So when you're in this ex exploration time of finding the right brands that you want to partner with, build your presence on social media, get a media kit, design a media kit, and then start pitching. So from there, it's really just, you know, make sure you're tagging the brands on social media, the ones that you align with, let them know. Like, here's a really good example. So Jenna Kutcher, you know, how she's a partnership with Aerie and she's been working with Aerie for years, but even before that, she was tagging Aerie in all of her posts to let them know. So when she got to the point of, hey, we're gonna have this partnership, she had this long track record of her showing that loyalty to the brand as well. So really show that loyalty also, whether it's tagging them in social media, mentioning them in stories, XYZ. Um, that's another first step for newbies that are uh, unsure of how to do this. Um, and also getting in touch with like their head of social, their head of marketing or PR. Those are typically the right contacts in order to get involved with any type of brand partnership. Yeah. So when it comes to reaching out to those people, is there any kind of should include or absolutely don't say in an email kind of thing that you would want to, you know, let a newbie know, like, be careful or definitely make sure you include this just so that they um, come across on the right foot and don't, you know, ruin their chances right off the bat. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but I need to talk to you all about my brand new program, the Abundant Business Mastermind. This is a six-month mastermind to help you scale your business to consistent five-figure months and fully embody your six-figure self. Over the course of six months, we will become an authority, master sales, fill out your current offer, build a product suite, grow your team, and work on your mindset all along the way to get you to the place of hitting consistent five-figure months by the end of the six months together. If you want a sisterhood and an 
epic coach to not only guide you in scaling your business, but in building a sustainable business model to withstand even the toughest of pandemics, this program is for you. We start at the end of April, so go learn more and apply by heading to the link in my show notes. You aren't going to want to miss this, and it seriously is going to change your life. But enough talking, let's get back to the episode, and I hope to see you on an interview call real soon. Yeah. And actually it's so funny you mentioned that too, because that's another thing that I help my clients with as well is, is formulating what does this pitch look like? Because again, you have one chance, one chance, and you have to imagine too, that these, you know, marketing directors and PR directors are getting hundreds of emails, depending on the product type per week. So how do you stand out? Um, and with that, having a really good subject line on your email that's short to the point, but just really pops. Um, so that's number one. Number two, your email should be short to the point and concise, but very impactful. So again, you want to have, include your bio, like a quick few sentences. The email should not be about you as a whole. The email should be about them. Show them the value. So who you are, why you want to partner with them, how the brand aligns with your brand, and why it would make a good fit. And then ask for your deliverables at the end. So what is the ask? Is it A, you want to be able to offer a promotional discount to your audience? B, you want to do a collaboration? Or C, potentially do some type of sponsored posts, whether it's on social media or a blog, um, whatever it may be. Because that way, they can vet it, they can look at it, and then if it aligns, they respond. Mm, I love that. That's that's like the perfect breakdown. Like, <laughs> so good. <laughs> so I, um, I sometimes have to like write the pitches for our clients and I'm like, yep, that's, that's exactly, that's exactly yeah. it. <laughs> um, obviously, obviously you're gonna, it's gonna be good. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> let's, um, let's shift topics a little bit and talk about PR because I know that this is your other thing. You're like the queen of like strategic partnerships and PR. So do you think that there's a specific time in someone's business when they should start like focusing in or investing in PR? Yes. And so most newer entrepreneurs specifically are not focused on PR, right? Because they're focused number one on positioning their brand and two getting leads. That's the biggest thing. So of course you're not going to be focusing on PR. However, it is exceptionally important to be looking at this in the earlier stages and at least building the framework up. So when you get to that point to be able to pitch at these higher national publications, you are ready to go. Um, so for example, if you are a newer entrepreneur, there's other ways aside from getting picked up in business insider and entrepreneur that you can still implement as PR. So that can be posting in Facebook groups, you know, showing your authority in Facebook groups, getting on podcasts like this, starting your own podcast and even guest blog posting that is so important. And again, allows you to get access to another audience, but still build your authority. Um, and those are kind of like the framework, right? To start from there. Once you started getting momentum in your business, once you started hitting at least like the 10, five, 10 K months. Um, I mean, I've have some clients that completely outsource this to me specifically. So Typically, the, you know, the multi-six-figure entrepreneurs, they are bogged down with their business and they want to stay in their zone of genius. So PR is something they outsource. And then on the other side, there are entrepreneurs that say are in like the middle range. They're at the, you know, 50 to 100K mark, but they want to implement. So they have a VA in their team. Um, so in those scenarios, I will coach them to help them through. Here's how you can utilize all the tools with your existing team. 
So there's two ways of doing it, depending on where you are income-wise. But again, income doesn't really mean anything. If you're motivated, you can do it. I love that. So I think that a lot of people aren't totally clear on like what PR even totally is when it comes, especially when it comes to um, entrepreneurship and like coaching and that kind of a thing. So could you just kind of explain that a bit of like what would it, if somebody wanted to work with somebody on PR, um, what would that look like for them? Yeah. So PR specifically, and I feel like it's almost like the white cloud, right? People are unsure of what exactly goes on behind the curtain of PR. So think of it as your earned media, right? So PR can consist of traditional methods, which are print and digital. So think of Forbes magazine, Entrepreneur, which is digital, New York Times, Wall Street Journal. And then you have TV and radio. So that falls in that bucket. You have events where either A, you're curating your own events, B, you are pitching yourself to be a panelist, a speaker on another event. Um, The other option is also getting picked up in larger podcasts. So a lot of newer entrepreneurs will um, get on podcasts and um, that's a great way to start and just keep elevating from there. And then the other side or the piece that we touched on, which is the brand collaborations and strategic partnerships, where again, you're aligning with another brand that replicates your audience and gives you a bigger reach. So with PR specifically, you are essentially pitching yourself. Oh, one thing I left out too is um, contributor platforms. That's the last one. So which is you aligning with a platform that allows you to write pieces in which you, again, build your authority and show yourself as a credible source. So on the PR specifically, you can work with someone who will do this for you, who will implement and pitch you to the media for you. And that could be for media um, mentions. It could be full articles, um, et cetera, or you can do this on your own. Got it. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So listening to all of that, a question came up and, um, it's kind of honestly for me, but also I feel like if yeah. I question, <laughs> ask away, other people are experiencing this. So something that I found recently, probably in the past like six months is I get a lot of emails from people being like, and, and I look up the website and they are real websites, but maybe, you know, obviously not as well known as like Five Google or Forbes or anything like that. But I'll get an email and they'll say, you know, we want you to write an article for us or we want you to be a contributor or something like that. And then it's like the price tag. So I'm curious because I know with like brand partnerships when it comes to, you know, those DMs you get where it's like, we, we're going to give you these free products, but you have to pay for shipping. I know that that's like total... I don't know if scam is the right word, but like not legit. Whereas I've, I, this is like a whole new world for me. So I've never actually said yes to any of those. So I'm like, I don't want to pay to be on something like that, but I have no idea if that's the norm. And I'm guessing that if I'm getting emails like that, other people are getting emails too. So I'm curious about that. Yeah. I, and even myself, I have gotten emails from, um, some places where they say, okay, pay us $3,500 and we will get you featured in Forbes magazine for, you know, one feature. (laughs) And, you know, I, I would definitely steer away from those types of emails. That's pretty much spammy to begin with, because again, at the end of the day with PR, you are up to the mercy of the editors and writers on what they want to produce. So that's why having a professional help you get featured and placed is super important because that's what we're doing all day long. And that's what we're focusing on. So for example, right now with COVID-19, um, specifically, I've had to restructure a lot of the pitches too, because you have to be sensitive to what they're looking for. And one of the 
biggest things that I tell people is that if you're pitching the media, your, your pitch has to be timely. If it's not timely, they're not going to pick it up. So I would steer away from those that definitely doesn't align. I've seen those Instagram DMs where they're like, okay, we'll pay you, we'll not pay you, whatever it is. That sounds scammy to me, but there are some brands that do it. Just be very mindful and cautious. And that's again, where brand partnership contracts come into place, which an attorney can touch on. Right. So Typically, when it comes to PR and getting your name out there and getting in like in articles or contributing things, stuff like that, other than if you choose to like hire a PR person to like do the outreach for you, do, are you ever expected to pay to be like to have an article written about you or to be the guest expert in an article or a contributor or anything like that? Um, you know what, to be completely honest, I have seen some platforms that do, mm-hmm. and I don't really recommend going that route. The reason why is that the, the reader, right? If they can openly see that it is a paid platform, right? Pay to play for an article. Um, to me, that's not organic and curated content and that's not authentic. So, um, even for clients myself, I do not pitch on platforms that have these pay to play scenarios because it's not authentic. And the people that read that are going to notice that right away. So that's number one. Um, but there are tons of big platforms that you might not even be thinking about as well, that you can still be a contributor for and submit your articles to. And if they like it, they will pick it up. Right. Okay. That's, mm-hmm. that's super helpful because I'm like, I, I'm like, nope. I feel like the everyday person, they don't know, like, what's the norm? What's the expectation of like, do you pay to be in those like bigger magazines or, you know, websites, whatever. So it's good to know that mm-hmm. it's just a lot of scams going on. <laughs> of course, in every industry. <laughs> cool, right. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. I feel like this has been super informative. Sometimes I'll like be recording and I'll look at the time and I'm amazed at what's been talked about in the short amount of time because it's really not that long. When I first started my podcast, I was like, oh, all my episodes are going to be an hour. Like it's going to take so long. And I'm just amazed because I feel like we've talked about so much and it's only been like 20 Mm -hmm. minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. So since this podcast is all about inspiring people to go after their dreams, if someone is thinking about starting their own business, but is scared to get started, what would you want to tell them? My biggest advice, and I mentioned this earlier, is just take the leap. You just need to take the leap, rip the Band-Aid off, the net is going to appear. You will find your path. And in order to get you know, a few steps ahead, you have to start with step one and step two. And the second thing is your intuition and your inner instincts will always lead you in the right direction. So always trust your gut. Um, I think a lot of newer entrepreneurs, especially in this day and age, to take the advice of people who are not in the space, like our moms and our dads and our sisters and brothers, who don't understand the complexity of what we're doing and have an opinion of what we're doing. So my best recommendation is trust your gut. It will always lead you in the right path. Mm, I love that. That's such a good piece of advice. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. And I feel like this was such a great episode and it's going to be very valuable for a lot of people. I'm glad I could help. (laughs) Okay, you guys. So that brings us to the end of this episode. I really hope y'all enjoyed it. Um, I know I enjoyed it recording it and learning from Hannah. She has so much great information to share. I will link all of her links in the show notes so y'all can connect with her if you 
want to. If you enjoy this episode, it would mean the world to me if you shared it on your Instagram stories and tagged us so we could reshare. Leave the podcast a review if you're enjoying it. The more reviews, the more ears we can get into and the more lives we can change. Um, I, again, thank you so much for always coming and listening and checking us out. Um, I will see y'all next week on the If She Did It podcast. And just remember, if you are an online coach or even service-based entrepreneur and you're ready to scale to consistent 10K months and really change your life for good and blow your business up, head to the show, show notes, head to the link for the Abundant Business Mastermind, learn more and schedule a discovery call with me so we can see if you are the right fit for the program because I would love to have you if you are. And with that, I will see you all next week on the If She Did It podcast.